0: Welcome to Pondering with Peg, episode three. Today I'm speaking with my son, Bill. Bill is my youngest son, I have two. Uh, Bill and I have had many conversations about our journeys and I wanted to talk to Bill a little bit about his spiritual journey so far. Uh, Bill, when do you think uh, you first kind of figured out that there was a little more to this life than just the physical? When was your first maybe experience that you recall?
1: Well, I would say it's tough because I always knew that there was something more than just the physical. I just never knew how to get there, knew how to experience it. But little things that had happened when I was younger, and I can remember, it's funny, I, I actually never talked to you about this. But it was a funny incident that happened with our family. We were at, what was it, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner at Grandma's when I lit the bathroom on fire. <laughs> And uh, I was in the bathroom, and I was young, and I was messing around with the candles, and I lit it on fire, and, <clears throat> you know, I was young, and, and it was an oil-based candle, when I threw the water on it, the water spread, and when it flashed, I saw something in front of me that I didn't know what it was, but I was terrified by it, but at the same time, um, I knew that it th- that it was there to protect me, something flashed, and that fire could have gone on me because I threw the water directly on it, but it didn't. Something stopped the flame right in front of me, and um, I remember talking to a childhood friend about it, and um, he kind of just dismissed it as as I was just scared, and I didn't know what was going on, but, but I knew that it was something more than that, um, and I knew at that point that there was something with me, at least. I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, and throughout my life, I always had this feeling that, that there was someone behind me, but not as a sense of like paranoia, but as a sense of physically feeling something behind me or, or next to me or looking over my shoulder. Um, you know, and, and physically being able to see it when I would turn quickly or look or, or, you know, be in a crowded room and look and, and see something that I knew was there, but no one else saw it. Um, and, and. I would say the first time something ever spoke to me, it started as, you know, when I was laying in my bed, and I always have vivid dreams, and, and that's not to say that that's something out of the ordinary for people, but for me, it's it's three, probably three to five vivid dreams a night that I remember all of them, um, and I go places, and, and, and I know that I'm in the dreams most of the times, but sometimes they're so vivid, and I remember being in a couple that um, that I woke up from by something yelling my name and not whispering my name, not um, not just saying my name, something yelling my name loud to the point where that, you know, I was in the room next to my parents that if someone had yelled my name that loud that they would have woke up too. Or, or waking up to just this colossal crash or this sound or this bang or this boom that... That I know that I heard. That shook my body but no one else heard when I woke up. And knowing that if 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 it was of this physical world where I heard that sound. That everybody in the house would wake up and think it was an earthquake or something. But but something was always trying to communicate with me. And I lost a lot of that. And once I started to get... I started to realize this was happening to me. I got scared because I didn't know what it was. And, and I put it away as, you know... Um, um, you know I was just paranoid or or I just didn't know or I was just hearing things or seeing things and maybe I was just a little crazy but you know I I started to lose most of it when I got you know caught up in 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 my addiction and and you know I I suffered for for years you know without really anyone knowing with a with a substance abuse problem and and a lot of the reason I used it was because um I have a tendency um, to not to not see who I am as acceptable to think that that if people really knew what was going on in my head or, or knew the thoughts that I was thinking that that they wouldn't like me that they would reject me and and that fear of that rejection led me to try to be someone who I wasn't and led me away from these spiritual signs and these, and this, this light that wanted me to follow it, but it led me away from it because I was too scared. And I didn't, it was out of the, it was out of the ordinary. It wasn't, you know, societally normal to see these things or to hear these things. So I, you know, I ran away from them and, um, I ran away from myself because I didn't know how to deal with who I was either. I had, you know, low self-esteem. I had problems with who I was. Um, because I never really accepted who I really was, I always tried to be someone else, um, and you know the spiritual journey really took off when I was able to finally come out of that, to find that something that was greater than me, and and for me, you know, uh, God is is the term I use for what it is. To me, I'm not necessarily sure what it is. I'm not necessarily sure if it's the if it's the Christian God that that you know, I learned about when I was growing up or if or if um, you know, if, if, if I'm talking to Buddha or if, if I'm talking to something else, but realistically I know that something's there and, and the reason I know and I have zero doubt, um, one is because the many times where I tried to or I tried to, to leave this life physically through the drugs, um, something never let me go. Um, that i did things that that normal people would never make it out of alive but i did and something always kept me going even when i didn't want to continue and and you know the the first real clear experience with the spiritual journey and this is where it all started me being open to these things um, and accepting them was i was sitting i was chairing a a 12 step meeting and i was i was sitting there and there was a guy who I connected with. I was connected with. I always knew I knew who he was, even though I had just met him. I felt like I had known him my whole life. And I was looking across the room, and, and we had always shared conversations about spirituality. And he, he wasn't necessarily sure what he believed in, but we knew there was something there. And he was speaking, and I was looking at him. And, and I was at a point in my recovery where I was working on an inventory about myself and about my past. And, and there was something in my past that... That I thought that, um, you know, that I always told myself that I had gotten over, um, but I never really forgave myself for and I never thought that I would be forgiven for something that I did. Um, and I was sitting there, and I can remember, you know, thinking the, the couple weeks before that. At that point, I, it was a month, and I was only going to this. This was my home group on Sundays, and I was slipping away from Narcotics Anonymous, and I was slipping away from these things that were keeping me clean from drugs and that were keeping me sane and were keeping me centered and um you know he stepped in and and when I say he God stepped in and um you know I was sitting there and I was looking at him and and everything turned white around him and and then his physical being became blurry and then I was in the room alone and I was by myself um and he came to me and he he told me um That everything was going to be all right and that you are forgiven. And uh, it wasn't through physical words. It wasn't through a language that anyone would understand. Um, But I felt the words that he told me and I felt what he told me. And, um, you know, I can remember being there with that being for what seemed like an eternity, but, you know, what was really just. in the physical word, world, maybe no more than a second. Um, but I was there with him. And I can remember coming out of that meeting and uh, and just being a mess. But like just being... I, I couldn't hold back the tears. I couldn't talk to anyone. But it wasn't tears of sadness. It was finally tears of joy that this weight had been lifted off of me that I had been carrying for a long time and, and really was a big part of why I turned to... To, to these things outside of myself to mask these feelings and mask this hurt that I had inside of me and um you know I, I came home and I went up to to my mom's room and I, I could barely get any words out and um I said, you know i I saw something she said he came to you too, didn't he and uh, <laughs> I knew I knew at that point that that um that it was real that that i I had finally had the validation of all those times that I had seen something, or something had carried me when I couldn't carry myself, um, or something had protected me, or something had given me, because I always had, I know people talk about gut feelings, but I have had guttural feelings. Um, You know, and just recently I had one. um, Before I had an accident at work, I had these these feelings that I shouldn't have been there, that I shouldn't have been anywhere around that, and and I had told people these feelings. You know, and, and, you know, hours later it turns out that a heavy machine runs me over, and, and, you know um, you know, changes my life physically forever. Um, but, you know, since that moment in that church basement, um, everything has really opened up and as time's going on and, and, you know, my mom, who I'm sitting here with now, as she's gotten more involved with, with her abilities and her, um, and her, her, um, intuitions, you know, of, of a life that's beyond a physical form, I felt more comfortable talking to her and we have had these conversations and, and it has opened me up to more um, and more so recently. But that's probably where it started and, and those were a couple moments in my life that I could pinpoint that really um, stood out to me, you know, initially you know, letting me know that I was there, but but finally that moment in that church that, that opened the door to everything that, that goes on now. <laughs>
0: Right, and you always hear, or I don't know, it seems to be there a term that's used a lot lately, uh, the dark night of the soul, which um, usually is what happens right before we awaken, and we start to realize the journey we're on and, the you know, why we're here. And for you, the addiction and the years that you dealt with that and the darkness of that is definitely your dark night of the soul. Um, and getting through that and living through that has brought you to a place where you've awakened and you're remembering everything that you were and everything that you are on a spiritual level. Um, For me, the dark night of the soul was when I was very sick with back injury and uh, just very deep, dark place and uh, thought about ending my life because I couldn't take it anymore. And something inside at that point said, don't do it because you know that, you know, you didn't agree to that. You can't do it. You're not allowed to do that. You have to figure this out. You know that this is happening for a reason. So, you know, deal with what's going on and try and get through it. And I did. And that's when everything really opened up for me. And like you, I had experiences as a child, but kind of kept a lot of it to myself or felt you know, people will think I'm odd or, or just then. Sometimes you just think it's normal and you don't think it's different at all. I remember when you were real little, um, probably like, oh, God, maybe three or four. The house we lived in first, uh, you said to me, I'm not going in the kitchen. And you were really little. Yeah. And I said, okay, but why not? And you said, there's... Something in there. There's I forget what you called it. If you called it a dragon or a shadow, there was something you called. I can't remember specifically, but I knew you saw something. Like mm. there was no doubt in my mind that you were mm. like seeing something in there. Because I
1: remember vividly what it was, and and it wasn't. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't know what to call it, but I can remember the dream. Um, but I call it a dream, but I don't necessarily think it was a dream. I think I was there in the house, but maybe in a different, um, you know, I I don't know what terms to use because I'm not, but you know, almost when people say a different dimension where, where almost like a parallel time where I was in the same house, but it was a different, it was a different time. And I can remember, um, not being able to see the image of what it was, but being able to see the hands reached out, trying to grab me and chasing me out of there. And that's why I didn't want to go in. And I remember that vividly, and that was maybe three years old that I had that vision, and I can still remember it to this day.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you came right out and said it to me, you know, Mom, I'm not going in there. And I knew, and I didn't tell you to go back in there, because I knew at that point there was something there that you saw. And, you know, I... That I totally believed it. I wasn't like, oh, it's your imagination. I thought, yeah, there's something he sees in that house. Um, I still dream of that house, mm-hmm. constantly um, have dreams of that house. Um, I net not that I ever felt negative things in there, I did have experiences in the house, um, but almost like we were sent to that house as a protection. It's very odd to say that, but Mm -hmm. I feel that we were sent into that home to give it back some kind of positive life before we left. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just very strange that the dreams I have of that house, but that's another whole nother podcast. So um, what do you think, uh, with your experiences that you've been having do you feel that now there's you're getting more of a sense of what your spiritual work is? Like, you know, you have your career and, and that will um, blossom and that will grow because you're very young, but what do you think your spiritual work on this uh, plane is in this lifetime? Do you, yeah, do you it, have a th- thought mm, on that?
1: Absolutely, and it's not even a thought anymore. It's, it's you know, for a long time, um, Part of, the, part of the emptiness about being caught up in drug addiction and being caught up in continually chasing things outside myself to fill that void was because I didn't have a sense of purpose. And when I, you know, as I've walked through this life and I've stayed... You know, absent. but I've also changed a lot of my behaviors and, and, and opened myself up to so much stuff that I finally found my purpose. And I know right now I can tell you that it is definitely. Um, I am in a point in my life where, like I said, I, I don't necessarily know um, that I could pinpoint a religion that I believe in of what happens um, after death. But I know that I've been here before and I know that this point in my life that I am in the cycle of, of, of selfless service. And that's where I am in that um, in my past lives, I know that I have gone through this addiction before. I know that I've gone through the addiction, um, but not in a physical sense with drugs, but other addictions. And I've never been able to come out of the other end until this life. And this life, I was finally able to step out of it and realize the reason that I was going through it. Was to walk into a life of selfless service. And that's what it is. And for me, my purpose is healing people, um, not just mentally and emotionally, but healing people now, I feel, also physically. Um, And, you know, the physical, um, I've had, you know, instances where I've thought that, you know, what I've said in my mind or prayers or meditation have helped people physically. Um, But I've never come out and told people that because I didn't want people to think, um, you know, just like we're spiritual beings. And everyone talks on this earth how, you know, I've heard people say, you know, you know, I'm not godly or I'm not spiritual. That's that's completely false because we all we're all spiritual beings. We just have a human condition. And that human condition is what always kept me away from these these healing abilities and away from these, these powers, um, that I've had inside of me. And, um, you know, this, this human condition has kept me from doing, um, what I've always needed to do.
0: Well, uh, thanks Bill for coming and speaking with us. And you can hear my grandson has just arrived, Bill's oldest son, Billy, uh, while we're doing the podcast. But before we wrap this up... We can always continue this, too. Yeah, we'll we'll have more discussions on this. But I did want to say, too, that people get wrapped up in religious terms and in religions where they feel that if they don't belong to a church or they don't believe in a specific um, God that is named, that they're not holy or not spiritual. And like you were saying, that's just so false. It's just really however you believe even if it's just in the kindness of each other you still have a belief Mm. and you're we are all spirits here absolutely um just in our you know we're just in our meat suits that some people (laughs) like to say but um it's really awesome that you joined me today and i know that you have a lot of work ahead of you spiritually as far as helping others i've seen you in action uh you've always been that way even as a child. You always um always friended people who you felt needed you. And and I don't know if you realize that. I think you have as you've gotten older, but I saw it even when you were younger. Like you were very much there for people and always defended people. So uh we'll end this now. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Bill will be back with us, and hopefully we'll get his wife also to join us on the next podcast for her thoughts. And thanks for listening. Remember, be the light.